Greetings and salutations, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by golfguide.net. Visit golfguide.net, save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all across California, Oregon, and Nevada. Uh, we got a new addition to the store, beautiful Morgan Creek Golf Club up in Roseville. So for anybody who's listening who's in and around Sacramento, um, visit golfguide.net, check out the greens fees that we got available uh, at Morgan Creek. Really, really cool course that uh, I just learned about a little while ago, uh, designed by Kyle Phillips, who has also designed courses like King's Barns in St. Andrews, Scotland, which is widely regarded as one of the best modern links courses in all of the United Kingdom. He's also responsible for the redo of California Golf Club in San Francisco, which has quickly ascended to becoming one of the best private clubs, not only in the Bay Area, but all across um, the United States. I think it's somewhere sitting in the number 40s um, in terms of best golf courses in America. And he is also the man responsible for designing Morgan Creek Golf Club up in Roseville, which is one of his very few um, courses open to the public. So once again, visit golfguide.net. Um, save 20 to 70 percent on greens fees to Morgan Creek and Roseville, as well as dozens of other golf courses all throughout California, and let Golf Guide help you find the golf you need. Yeah, well, blackmail usually is a bad idea. Is it a bad idea? You always see people rat people out for blackmail, and, and that's always the smart way to do it. Mm. So if I were ever being blackmailed by somebody for anything, I would just go right to the police. Interesting. Let them handle it. Yeah. But I'm not sure. There might be some things where you can, quote unquote, blackmail somebody, but it's not considered blackmail because it's not a thing that mm. a normal person would care is revealed. I don't even know. you got to go ask. My friend Jeremy, criminal hmm. lawyer, about this. Interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note, welcome to another Golf Guide podcast, everybody. We're back. <laughs> we are back. There was uh, so some interesting things have happened since we uh, we joined all of our lovely listeners for their PGA Championship preview podcast. You know, I uh, I had a good friend reach out to me. He uh, he wrote me a message being like, "Dude, you you hit the nail on the head on our last podcast when you just asked, does anybody fucking care about the PGA Championship?" Yeah. Sadly. And it turned out that, like, as much as I wanted to get really, really excited for it, and as halfway decent as, you know, a lot of the tournament was, ultimately when Sunday rolled around, it was a little tough for me to care, which st- seemed crazy because with J-Day in contention, it seemed like it was going to be really good, and I think it was a good golf tournament. But for some reason, I didn't... I'm not going to say I didn't care at all, but I definitely didn't care as much as I had for the previous three champ major championships did, did you feel at all similar to that uh, yeah i was definitely a little bit tuned out yeah. and it's not always the case with uh, the pga championship no it's not but you know the, the tournament suffered a bit of the jimmy walker effect <laughs> that uh <laughs> you know the tournament ended up being very jimmy walkerish solid it was walk-esque it was solid you know some a lot of good about it, mm-hmm. but then ultimately it's just kind of steady, and then it ends, and what happened exactly? Nobody you know? just kind of moves on. And very much like Jimmy Walker as a person and, and as a golfer. Uh, <laughs> likable. It was a likable tournament. Sure. It was uh, <laughs> a, you know, a high-quality tournament. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the other day I woke up. You know how you wake up in the morning and sometimes you can't remember like where you are or what day it is or or 
who they, what your six na- days a week, what yeah. your name is, yeah. or what the hell is going on in the world. Sure. I I remember the other day I woke up, and a few minutes after I woke up, I remembered you know PGA Championship. I don't even know how that came up in my mind, but it did. Okay. And then I was sitting there. I was like, oh, who won that tournament? <laughs> and I watched a lot. I watched the whole final round. I watched a, a decent amount of the rest of it. I, I, I watched the whole thing. I, I, I was completely an observer. And so it, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, my God, who won this tournament? And then I think I struggled so much with remembering that fact that I just stopped thinking about it and thought about something else. And then a, a few hours later, I remembered that it was Jimmy Walker. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to check anything. No. But anyway, that that was kind of the way it was this year. Yeah, I could see that. You know, uh, I might lose all credibility with the listeners that we already have. But on Sunday of the PGA Championship, I watched it in the morning, and then I left my home, hit the record button to come back and watch it later in the afternoon because I had some errands to run. I was in San Francisco. I wanted to go. I know it sounds awful. I needed a couple new pairs of shorts. Oh my god! I was with some people. Have you ever heard of the internet? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm a very big gotta try it on before I buy it type of guy. Return and exchange. It takes try so much time. Living room. I fucking hate shopping. I hate it with every fiber. You, you of my know being. how you do less shopping is you get them delivered to your house. Well, and then you but try here's them the thing. On. But then you try it on, and then the fucking pain in the dick of sending Going it back. Going back to the yeah, and all the, it just. I'd rather just take the hour once every six months, go buy like five or six articles of clothing that will hold me over until I have to think about buying something else again. And on Sunday, it just happened. I was in San Francisco. I was staying at my cousin's house, me and my lady and uh, a couple of friends. Everybody seemingly had to go buy something from a clothing store. And we all wanted to go to the same ones. It was like, all right, let's just go. I hit all, the record all button. the girls had to go. No, three guys, two ladies. All the, all the girls. Yeah, thank you. And... uh by the way, if anybody's ever not been to Uniqlo, oh my God, Adam Scott has got the right idea. Because let me tell you what, I got these oh my linen shorts right with now? spandex waist. Man, life changer! I are, are you wearing them now? I absolutely am wearing them. Now. Stand I'm, up! I'm, I'm standing up right what's now. Going on. These linen shorts oh, that feel like pajama please. shorts with pockets, spandex waist. I kid you not. I immediately thought about calling Adam Scott's representatives and asking him to call Uniqlo and have him make a pair of long pants with the same material and elastic waist so he could he could impart to the golfing world that belts are horseshit. Get the spandex. You could be the... You know, Ricky Fowler tries to be cute with like the, the whole chino jogger type pants that he has with the high tops. Adam Scott could just trump him. Just go all elastic in the waistband, elastic for the joggers, and he would be the dopest dude on tour. There's no rule that says you can't wear elastic pants and, and get rid of the belt because... I think there is probably a belt rule. Is there? There's got to be. Because I, it, nobody can wear what you're wearing right now. As that, a, that looks ridiculous. Well, because I'm and, wearing shorts. <laughs> you, you, you need to... Okay, as a lawyer, I'm requesting you before our next podcast to see if you can delve into the PGA Tour <sighs> rulebook and see if there's a rule about having to wear a belt. Because I'm not going to lie. Every time I see a guy on tour with a white belt and white pants on... I want to kick him in the face. It is the worst look ever. Yeah, but like, I mean, you've got... Nobody ever said it was okay to wear white pants and a white belt. That is... It is a... It's unacceptable, Casey. I don't it's know. It's fucking unacceptable. The, the shorts you're wearing right now... Are tremendous, they I look, know. They they look good on you, though. Thank you. But Thank you. But nobody in the world can wear those besides, like, the world's 
slimmest and thinnest model type people. Like somebody like me could never get away with those oh, shorts in a million years. Oh, but you could. As soon as you slid them on and you felt the lack of pressure on your gut. No, no. And just the soft linen. So wrong. Just hugging your thighs in a very loose but comforting and calming nature. You don't understand. You, you would never go back. I've literally, I bought three pairs of these shorts. I've worn one of the three pairs every single day for the past eight days. Those shorts are very kind of billowy looking and that only works on the world's thinnest people greatest decision i've ever made i wish i had them in in pants as well and i wish i could give a couple pairs to adam scott would you drape yourself in velvet if it were socially acceptable Mm, well no because it's too hot Ah. no because but if i could drape myself in like a silky like softness on every part of my cloth touching body yes i would do it we are getting very diverted here what I'm trying to say is Adam, you missed the Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Scott, who represents Uniqlo from a sponsorship perspective, should at least inquire about wearing a pair of these spandex waisted um, pants because they're great. That that's all I'm trying to say. Jesus Christ, that was a little bit off topic, was it? Wow. And PGA wrong. Championship. <laughs> I left to go shopping. By the time it was over, I saw the Jimmy Walker had won. And, and you I know who else missed uh, the final round of a major? To go shopping, a lot of a lot of women, <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. But it's just that, that's who else missed that. It's fine. Uh, I I don't regret it at all. The last eight days, my my groin and upper thighs have been more comfortable than they've been in years. I I have no no qualms, no regrets about any decision that I made because as I was shopping, I'm looking at the score for the Giants game. I was trying not to look at the PGA Championship, you know, updates because I wanted I was planning on watching it when I got home. And then something popped up where I saw the Jimmy Walker one, and I was just like, "Don't bother yeah. watching, yeah, forget it." So I, I honestly, I ended up watching like two hours of the very beginning of the final round, which for some guys was the end of the third round, I guess. And right. And when I found out Jimmy Walker, one, I was like, "That's cool." And I'm sorry, fans, if you look to me for you know all of your information and breaking down everything, but I admittedly like just went home and just watched the highlights and was like, "All right, that's cool." Yeah, I watched pretty much the whole final round yeah uh it was good it ended really well it Mm -hmm. got it got best at the end it was kind of dull a little bit in spots but the very end of it was great because jason day eagled the 18th hole just pretty dope yeah and he eagled it like a total stud because he's jason day he is a stud that 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 makes sense and he, he put the pressure on jimmy walker and i did enjoy that but even with that kind of uh, situation going on, it was never, it was never so in doubt what was going to happen. Well, you know, much. I'm not going to say because it wasn't the same for the U.S. Open where the weather dictated the outcome of the championship. Yeah, the weather thing. Was but the weather this thing, time. dude, it it fucked this tournament in half. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Had they reseeded and repaired everybody going into the final round according to their score, Jimmy Walker and Jason Day would have in fact been playing together. Correct. I don't remember, but uh, I, I I think that is correct. And if that been had been the case, more exciting, perhaps, dude, it would have been so much better. I yes. mean, if, although although they were play, although they barely got it in, yeah, they might have had you know two holes of playoff that they could have gotten done. I was all I was all in favor of them finishing on Monday. I was, yeah, it's fine by me. I, that's what I wanted, but more golf. I'm not quite sure why they were so hell bent on finishing it on Sunday. It just seemed kind of crazy to me. It seemed almost illogical. Yeah, like, I think it's for the fans. But I every, mean, the, the every tournament that ends attendees. on Monday is in just automatically more memorable. Yeah. It, no. 
I, I see why they want to end it on Sunday. You get a bigger viewership for the finale and all the people who bought tickets, assuming they'd see the end of it, get to see the end of it. And Does it not work where anybody that has a ticket for Sunday, if it extends into yeah, but Monday? Nobody, but everybody has to go to work, so nobody's going to go. This is work. Fuck work. <laughs> Come on. Just, right. Get it together. Right, right. I don't know. But, you know, it was it was a decent major. I thought the course actually held up very well. Uh, not in terms of the weather. Who cares? But I, w- I was more interested in the course than I thought I would be. I mean, I'd, okay. I'd been to the golf course before, but it's been a long time. And I was like, yeah, maybe it's not going to be so captivating. But I thought... Uh, it looked the, pretty good on television. It looked good on TV. Mm-hmm. The two par fives at the end were, were a nice touch. What did you think about having no par fives until the 17th hole? You, you kind of would like one more par five in yeah. there, and, and as far as I'm it's concerned. It's kind of odd. Yeah. Nevertheless, though, if you're going to just have two, you might as well have two at the end. Yeah, I, guess I mean, it's true. It, it ended up providing drama with mm-hmm. uh, Jason Day on the 18th hole, yeah. and a lot, you know. Otherwise, Jimmy Walker would have just cruised to victory, and nobody would have really cared. Yeah. So it 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 provided a little bit of interest there at the end, but anyway, yeah, it was the certainly the least memorable major of the year yeah uh every other major kind of had a storyline this one really didn't have one weather jimmy walker very deserving champion Mm -hmm. he does fit the narrative of losers (laughs) winning majors although he hasn't been through as much as the other losers bearded losers no less Every yeah, and he has a beard now too. Yeah, yeah, every every major championship winner in 2016 was a loser with facial hair. Right, that's true. What does that say about us? <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> uh, yeah, bigger bigger uh, losers. Uh, you have an amazing mustache, by the way. Good for you. Thanks, man. Your 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 scruff is pretty good as well. I mean, it's not as good as yours. I, I've said several times I have golf ball sized holes missing in the middle of each one of my cheeks. But you have a superior mustache. I, that's that's why that's the only thing that I go with. Amazing. Thank you. So now it is an incredibly lengthy amount of time until the Masters. It is, what month is this even? It's all of August. October? I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's <laughs> what I wish, right? August, September. It's like nine months until the Masters. A little bit less than nine months. Yeah. Like eight months and change. That's kind of brutal. That's bad. That's kind of brutal. We do have the Ryder Cup. Thank God. Which will be awesome, which we will actually be covering extensively because I know the Ryder Cup is perhaps your favorite yeah, event on the golf and favorite golf tournament besides the Masters. But here's here's the uh, thing we have to worry about mm-hmm. is that will Jim Furyk, 58, from the Travelers Championship uh, yesterday. Is it yesterday? What day is this? It is, yeah, today is Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lose track all the time. It's okay. Will that get him onto this Ryder Cup team? Please no. I don't I mean, think so. His singles record actually is pretty good in the Ryder Cup, but his mm. overall record is abysmal. So I have a question for you. In the last two weeks, in two professional tours here in the United States, there have been two 58s fired. Yes. One on the web.com tour, which actually is right here in our backyard. Uh, the web.com tour, the same weekend as the PGA Championship, the Web.com Tour was playing the Ellie Mae Classic at TPC Stonebray in beautiful Hayward, California. The golf course you're familiar with, is that correct? I got, I got to play it at Media Day a couple days before the championship. Um, shot 82, which I was oh. pretty impressed by. Oh, so it's easy. Well, I played really good. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> I played really well. I shot 82. I mean, I had a couple bad shots, but by and large, I played pretty well. I shot 82, and then I thought about, oh my God. 
clocked by 24 shots. Some dude just beat me by 24 yeah. fucking shots and yeah, I played well, good. Like, I mean, and I'm and I'm I'm a single digit handicapper yeah, it's like a, it's a different game. Like and I wasn't even playing the same tees. I was playing like the cripple tees. Like you know, <laughs> like he beat you dude. by like 32 shots. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like how does any human do that? They're just better than we are. Dude, like that is incredible. And the crazy part is that he was quotation was only like one under for like the last four holes yeah and he shot 58 yeah Furick was only one under for the last five or six, six holes five or six which yeah. is un- the fucking guy shot 27 on the front nine that's right who does that that was amazing who fucking does that who shoots 27 on we, a nine hole stretch you know it's it's such a shame about golf that a lot of the uh, first part of his round. In fact, the whole first part I don't think was videotaped. Was no, it? it's the most so, anonymous, greatest round of golf in history. Furyk, uh hold out for eagle on the second or third hole, par four from like one forty. Mm-hmm. No tape of that exists, as far as I know. How does that happen in two thousand and sixteen? By the way, mm-hmm. how is it that any professional shot isn't captured on someone's video? Every approach shot, at least, should be filmed from the green, right? Dude, that seems ludicrous to me there's how many cameras do you think were sitting on that one hole that he hold out on that just weren't on although sometimes i'm i'm kind of thinking it's a miracle that we even have a golf channel to be honest with you <laughs> i'm so happy that's that we do game. but you know anyway that's fair game then they started getting a tracker out to him around seven or eight and we saw the the money shots for the rest of the round but anyway seven birdies in a row in the middle of the round really impressive my best is five. <laughs> I had so f- to drop four that in there. not too long ago. Not too long ago? On Father's that? Day, I had four four birdies. Did you? At Epidega. In a row? Not in a row. No, no, please. That's what we're talking about here, Kyle. You dick. It was every other hole, though. I birdied four, six, eight, and ten. Mine was in competition. Five in a row. So it, Mine was on Father's Day, and that was a competition in itself. That's a good point. Yes. You're very true. Um, But seven in a row from Furyk. Got uh, Cool to be a guy who broke sixty twice on the right? PGA Tour and a guy who shot fifty eight. And I know but it's how is it Jim Like he's the Jim last. Jim amazing. I know he's amazing. I mean, you have touted the Jim Furyk horn. This year we've been high on Jim Furyk, and yeah, yeah. You know, he could have done this, not this, but something like this. And he's constantly undervalued by people when it comes to where he's going to finish in mm-hmm. a tournament. Sure, not going to win. He didn't win this. He hasn't won either tournament where he's broken sixty. Right? Because right. refresh me real quick. Do you remember the other tournament that he broke 60 in? Yeah, it was the, the something or other bank tournament. Okay. Like two years ago. Some and I, rem- I watched bullshit. that when it was happening. Okay. But, uh, ooh, yeah. But he uh, he had to make like a three or four footer, I think, on 18 for birdie to shoot that 59. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he hit a wedge from like 120 to get the putt. And that was, that was very cool. Um, yeah. I have to think it's less... Don't you think it it would be a little bit less pressure to shoot a 58 after you've shot a 59 than it would be to shoot a 59 if you've never broken 60 on the tour? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Even though it's the all-time record, it's it's a superior number. So... <sighs> it's the, the act of breaking 60 is the thing that means... That, that would put the most pressure on. So who's 58 is bigger? So Steven Yeager at the TPC Stonebrae LMA Classic was the first one to shoot 58... But then Jim Furyk did it a week later. 
he's not the first one to shoot 58. He's the first one to shoot 58. On, P- on, on the PGA Tour. Or, sorry, on, on the, a PGA Tour sanctioned event, which right. is on the web.com tour, first on the web.com tour. Right. I mean, it, that's very big. Because nobody, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody had ever shot 58 on the PGA Tour before Furyk did it yesterday, right? Of course not. No. Yeah. First time ever. One and a half million rounds of golf have been played on the PGA Tour. Furyk's the first guy who shot 58. Although, although it's a 12 under, and guys have shot 12 under before. Loads so, of times. A few times, yeah. I mean, the course record for um, the course they played the Travelers at mm-hmm. was 60. That's pretty crazy. A couple of years ago by Patrick Cantlay. Huh. So it's only a couple of better than that, and he holed out from like 140. But it was a bogey-free round of golf. And he only went one under for like the last five or six holes. And one of those putts horseshoot out like you've never seen before. He part he part a par five. I mean, he uh, part two par fives. Yeah, I mean, w- when you think of a guy going real low, yeah, you think. I mean, I guess not Jim Furyk. You don't take advantage of the par fives, but you know, you you think, hey, three yeah. shots to get on the green. You you, you expect he, to see birdies on the scorecard. Thirty for par foot fives. thirty foot birdie part on a par five, which is no good. No, like a five hundred and thirty yard par five. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah, no. I mean, there have been 58 shot on most of the major tours. I don't mm-hmm. think the European tour has one, but uh, the, the, J- the Japanese tour has one. Uh, mm. There's been one shot in Q school or, or some qualifying okay. something. Uh, I think the LPGA might have a 58, but maybe not. But anyway, I think don't in know. professional golf, there have been five or six 58s. Shigeki Murayama shot one. Uh, Rio Ishikawa shot one. So it it's all happened, but it's never happened on the PGA Tour. Hmm. Tons of pressure. Interesting, but uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It was fun to watch. Really, impressive. I really enjoyed that. I was more interested in the fifty eight than I was in the PGA, in the Championship. PGA Championship. I totally agree. I, I was just about to say, like, you took the words right out of my mouth. If they had all five hours of the footage of him shooting fifty eight, I'd go back and watch it tonight. I, I I would love to watch him just navigate a round of golf and shoot fifty eight. I think that would be fascinating. yeah. Well, he, he he hit thirteen out of fourteen fairways and all eighteen greens. Wow! So that's a round of golf that you want to watch. It's just, that's so awesome. It's as good as it gets. Plus Who, a cherry on top, holing out for eagle. Yeah. Who'd have thought something so boring could be so wonderful? Oh my god! I mean, that's what all, I think about all, my golf. Game. All like, of us. All I want to do is have my golf game be insanely boring. I just and just hitting fairways and greens and Jim, one and two putting. I, being boring in golf is like the greatest thing ever, unless you're Tiger Woods and you got all that sauce that you, you know. By the way, were you the one that was telling me about this tour sauce thing? I did tell you about that. So as soon it's, as you, it's pretty well known. Well, as soon as you told me, I'm totally in the dark, and you know, as soon as you told me, all of a sudden I started noticing it everywhere. I guess it's the guys from No Laying Up that are doing it, and they just keep on posting all these fucking awesome videos of Tiger with saucing, just the saucing up the sauciest fucking yeah. club twirls. I'm just like, dude. Yeah. Like, I thought that dude's dick was big, but it's enormous. Who knows, though? <sighs> so impressive. Yeah. His, oh, dude. He was very saucy. He's so saucy. You know what? Just thinking of one saucy, there's a million saucy moves that Tiger did, but uh, remember that amazing seven iron at Pebble Beach in the 2000 US Open that he hit up the hill at five? It's five, right? The not par five? Top, not off the top of my se- head. Is it seven? The par five up the hill? Six. Six. It's between five and seven. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Split the difference. Seven's obviously the par three. I forgot what five was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's that shot where Tiger drove it in the right rough, and he had, like, 205 up the hill. Mm-hmm. He just took, like, he had a horrible lie, so he had to take a, a lofted club. He just took a seven iron out and just lashed the shit out of it, put it right on the green to, like, 15 feet. 
but the his, man has cantaloupes. His recoil, <laughs> this re, he does this recoil move on that and like a crouch. I know exactly. I know exactly. That what is you're a talking saucy about. shot. <sighs> Very saucy. It's beautiful to watch. Yes. Oh, anyway, so so anyway, fifty-eight. Jim Furyk. We stroke the tiger shaft too often on the show, so we'll move on. But well, uh, just to say, Jim Furyk. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the guy because he doesn't really seem to close things out. Mm-hmm. But a guy who who averages 280 yards off the tee, shooting multiple sub 60 rounds it just goes to show all of us i i think many of the people listening to this podcast mm-hmm. don't really have a ton of trouble hitting it 280 yards like i i not to exaggerate but i get it in the 280 neighborhood many of the rounds that i play yeah it i wouldn't say it's my average necessarily but if if i took you know a few lessons and you know, just got to, you know, 280 is very attainable for yeah. for most men in their prime. I've never, I mean, wait, we're, we're 27 and 28, right? Are you, you 20? I, I, who knows? We're, I we're, even, we're, we're in our late 20s. We're in our supposed in. physical peak of our lives right now. I've never been a guy that hits the ball very far, but even now, as I'm learning to not take just crappy little half swings like I've done for most of my adult life and actually like bring the bring the club all the way back and take a full golf swing, even me, when I actually connect and take like a nice, you know, 85% good, you know, well-struck driver, even I'm hitting the ball like 270 now, 275, which is what this supposed professional who shot 58 does, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, so basically there's no excuse Yeah, for any of us to be shooting the numbers that we're shooting. <laughs> it's disgraceful. <laughs> well, this whole thing called work and, and life sometimes gets in the way. <laughs> Yeah, come on now. <laughs> uh, well, as good as the both the 58s were, there's one other thing that actually uh, I didn't mention to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of loft this onto you because it's something that's really big and it's r- huge news that I think personally is going to have a very lasting impact on golf. I am single. <laughs> You're right. No, I'm good. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on Nike? Going out of the golf equipment business. It doesn't really matter. I think it has a huge impact. What impact? Well, you get Nike that is now essentially one of the big players in the golf equipment industry. Now, you you, you give me that face, but like they are. They, I mean, were, think, they were always dilettantes. After TaylorMade, Callaway, and Titleist, who else is bigger? I mean, bigger. I'm not sure about sales, but... Like, I mean, who... You, you know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah, are they yeah. are one of the big boys. I mean, they were—they really are. Even though they didn't start making equipment until the late '90s and early 2000s, they. What does it matter, though? Well, it has lasting effects because I think it is symbolic for what has happened to that industry in terms of them. I mean, I, I've heard guys that don't have anything better to do than complain about TaylorMade making too many golf clubs and flooding the market with all this bogus-ass equipment that you know isn't really any different than last year's models, and they basically just—and to a certain extent, it's true. Yeah, to a certain it, it is true, but TaylorMade is not solely responsible for that. Every other club company has done the exact same thing. The rules of golf put caps on how good the equipment can be, and we have approached the maximum yeah. capability of the equipment. I mean, over the last five to ten years, in terms of woods, is there really that big of a difference between the clubs that are being made in 2008, 2009 and the clubs that are being made today? I don't think so. I don't think so. I play a TaylorMade R9, and I love that club. 
I don't. I honestly don't really believe that any of the brand new drivers really have that much of an advantage. There are still over some, what I'm playing. There are still some guys on the tour who are playing fairway woods that came out t- over ten years ago. Who's the guy that won the British Open this year? Remind me. Uh, it's a Swede something. St- Stenrick. Stenrick. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Right. Have you seen the three wood that he uses? I mean, the only it's the only club he does use, right? Yeah. I think he putts with it. <laughs> That thing is fucking hollow. Yeah. I mean, it is old, old, old technology. And but it only hits it 290 every time. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if that doesn't tell you that all of this whole club thing, and I know this is maybe not a great thing for me to say because, you know, at Golf Guide, we like to review equipment and we like to keep the new, up the The date. new equipment is good. Nothing's The new wrong equipment with is it. really, really good, but it only makes a very, very, very nominal difference between what they came out with the year before and the year before that and the year before that. And so Nike goes out of business. They say, all we're going to do is now is make apparel and shoes. We're out of the game. We're not selling our factories. We're just stopping. It's just over. They have two, would you argue, the two most famous golfers in the world as the men who represent their brand? Who's? It's McElroy and who? Dustin Johnson? So there's this no, guy called Tiger Taylor Woods. Me, excuse me. Well, Tiger Woods, I mean, he's not even a golfer, is he, right now? Well, my question to you is... I, I'm Dustin Johnson's tailor-made. I knew that. I got very confused. It's okay. Someone asked me this question. If Tiger hadn't been hurt the last year and was maybe not winning any majors but had been competitive, would this have happened? Probably not. Here we. Here's the thing. All of these you know, major club manufacturers, they make good clubs. Mm-hmm. They're all substantially interchangeable. Sure. Really, it's cosmetic. At this point, it's like, what looks best to you? Right. Because they're all, performance-wise, pretty similar. Anything that you grab. And Nike might have had the unfortunate kind of history. You know, they go out and get get the best players. Sure. But then all these guys have a little bit of trouble adjusting to the clubs, and there's high-profile... Uh, disputes with or, or contract negotiations about oh I can keep this non Nike club. I think for a while Tiger, he still kept on playing Titleist, right? Uh, Iron. Ti- he had his Vokies I think for yeah. a long time, long and, time. and uh, he had well, Scotty Cameron putter for a long. It time It was in too. his contract that he didn't have to play Nike clubs, and and everybody knew that about his contract. Mm-hmm. So what does that make the public think about Nike clubs? Like, <sighs> and, and eventually Tiger had a full Nike set, but it took a long time. You know what's really interesting is that I, I'd like to get this guy on the podcast, but I had a, a really interesting conversation with a guy who I just met by coincidence at a friend of mine's 4th of July party who's an engineer, who's been an engineer for Cleveland for a number of years and was actually working for TaylorMade for a little while. And he was saying the exact same thing to me that I'm kind of relaying to you and our listeners is that there's just been so little change in terms of what the clubs are produced because of the caps on everything. And oddly enough, you know, it's funny, you know what he said was actually the best design driver ever made in terms of the performance and what it did and how it actually was able to somehow make a substantial difference in performance despite the regulations? The TaylorMade R510. No, although <laughs> that was a great... What is the ugliest driver you've ever seen? Oh, the Sasquatch, probably. The square one? Yeah. That's it. Is that the best driver? That's He said that... From all the testing and all the data, he never he never worked for you gotta Nike. Gotta be kidding me, right? He said that square shape and what Nike did, honest to God, was the best driver, most forgiving driver that's been made in the last 
10 to 15 years, but because everybody fucking hated looking at it, me included. Yeah. It just, it, it went, it went away. Wow. Cause it's like, well, nobody's going to, even though it's better, nobody wants to buy it because they don't want to look at it. Jeez. Is it better for, for uh, like a scratch player? I, it, it may be. I mean, it, basically the way he broke it down to me is, I mean, you know me, my brain is relatively small, but from what I was able to collect, essentially it was more forgiving and the technology was so different in a way that had no negative consequences, you know, on good to medium, you know, to flawed swings, but it was so much more forgiving for bad swings. It, I mean, it, he said it, that was the only game changer in the driver market in the last 10 years. And it went away like that because nobody wanted to look at a square driver. Yeah. It looked horrible. And it looked yellow. Yellow. But that that was it. I mean, that's the only but variation that any of these club manufacturers have made over the last 10 years. And it was a flop because it doesn't look exactly like everything from the last 20 years. You look which at is kind of crazy. Yeah. You, you look at the economy, though, in terms of uh, Nike stopping the manufacturing of clubs. The economy is consolidating in every industry. Mm-hmm. We, we're going through a, a cycle in the economy in the United States of mergers, consolidations, acquisitions, fewer market participants in every industry. And in an industry where you can't really distinguish yourself anymore except through branding, uh, and there are fewer famous brands and, and ambassadors with whom you can do that, it makes perfect sense that the, you know, what is it, last in, first out, that the ones who are the last to be a major manufacturer, they're yeah. the first out. And I guess it makes sense. There's less brand loyalty for their clubs than there is for these other brands, presumably. Well, I've also heard, um, I've read a couple rumors that Adidas is also looking to sell all no, of that's happening. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're looking to sell TaylorMade. That's happening. Yeah, uh, a Kushnet. Mm-hmm. No, no, is it, is it a Kushnet or Ashworth? That, that Sorry, a- Ashworth. A Kushnet is Titleist. Titleist. Yeah. Um, but Ashworth, like their clothing, the clothing line, one. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're spinning off golf because it's less profitable than their yeah. other businesses. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, golf. The golf industry should consolidate to keep the profit margins up. That's that's a way industries cope with slimmer margins. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, really. I mean, if we're speaking honestly, which obviously we always do because this is the Golf God podcast. Well, sometimes we lie. <laughs> um, there, yeah, there's just simply too much shit out there. There's too much shit that basically is the same. And I think this Nike news and the impending sale of TaylorMade ultimately is going to have a huge impact on the industry in that in 10 years from now, there's a very good chance there's far fewer options, which if the limits are still in place, won't make a difference, but it'll be more expensive. And there won't be as much selection, which is so anti-American. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure it'll be more expensive. You're not totally sold on that? No. And plus with golf, if you're willing to buy used, which more people should be willing to if stuff's sure. in good condition. It's then not like the golf balls that go dead after so many be- being hit so many times. All these things are still going to be available for a long time. Yeah. I'm who not, knows? I, I think We're living in a crazy world, Kasem. Yeah, as, as somebody who never had Nike clubs, I think it's fine. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Before we go, we have a whole party going out. I know. Going there's, on there's, in the uh, the parking in the studio. There. We're looking out the window. There's some people really getting down in the old parking lot out we there. We have a lovely turkeys too. Turkeys just meandering about. We have a lovely view in the studio of the parking lot, full of turkeys, and also full of birds. Yes. That are turkeys. <laughs> human turkeys <laughs> and actual turkeys. Oh, that's great. Before we go, do you have any thoughts on the Olympics? R- Rio's golf, you know, golf's reintroduction to the Olympics? It'd be a lot better if the best players were in it. 
Agreed. But I'm still interested. And it's going to, I think, be happening kind of in the middle of the night. I'm, I don't know. I'm One not totally sure. Are, God only knows. But uh, I'm... J-Day's not playing. Spieth's not playing. Dustin I'm, Johnson's not playing. And Rory's not playing. Other but, than, and Adam Scott's not playing. Yeah, and Charles Schwartz is not playing. Most of the... You know, really, but I mean, honestly, who gives it? A no, single fuck about Charles Schwartz. It's fine. He can skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> the last time a South African was was dominant in the Olympics, he went and shot his girlfriend through a bathroom <laughs> door. So, you know, maybe we don't need that to happen again. But uh, uh, yeah. so I, I'm rooting for Ricky Fowler. Let me put myself on the record. Yeah. Although too. Patrick Reed would be kind of cool. I'm not sure he presents the athletic image of golf that we need to present to the world. But no, I do think it'd be cool for him to flip everybody off and win the gold medal. It, I, I would be perfectly fine seeing the gold go to Sweden as well. Oh, I, oh you what, come on, Kyle. Come on, let's see Henrik win it. What, what, what nationality do you have, Kyle? I don't give a fuck. You're not loyal to this country? No. How dare you? I love America. No, you don't. You wouldn't have said that if you do. <laughs> the Olympics, you're, I just and you're, not you're very, You sound like ISIS right now. <laughs> I'm more of a golf-er fan than I am a patriot. I... I wholly disagree <laughs> as far as americans go i'm rooting for ricky fowler as well although i don't like ricky's haircut i kept on seeing all these pictures ricky of him fowler's from... annoying but i'm still rooting for him yeah i, 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 I like henrik Stenson better than ricky fowler but i can't <laughs> root for him in this tournament <laughs> i wish we cared more about the olympics so i could try to figure out who what other americans are competing in this thing besides ricky fowler and i was watching the gymnastics Reed. in the swimming last night that was interesting did you see the the french gymnast just snap his leg no, that sounds great. Oh. I mean, not that I'm happy it happened. When, but it sounds when this thing is all over with, I'm going to have to show you this video. I mean, the dude lands a quadruple backflip somersault indie flip or whatever the hell you want to call it off the, the thing. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> and like he lands and his leg just immediately buckles, goes sideways. Oh. Where the knee is supposed to bend at the knee oh. and go backwards, it's bending 170 degrees opposite of that. Oh my god. It is tough to watch. See, the only difference is that like those guys do it on some crazy vault. For me it could happen when I like step out of the tub. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in a little bit better shape than I am. But yeah, no, I I, uh, I I get myself sucked into the Olympics every four years. I tell myself, Oh, it's boring, I don't care, but then I end up watching. So evidently I do care. You do end up watching. And it, it turns out that uh like every other Olympics, um, it's a huge shit show. Leading up to it, everybody thinks everybody's going to die. And There's going to be, and it's fine. And it turns out to somehow work out. And I, you know, it seems like the you know, a couple days in, it seems like this game's is going is going to run a similar course. Yeah, so long as you didn't live in one of the neighborhoods that that got bulldozed to make <laughs> way for these buildings that are going to be used for three weeks and then completely left to <laughs> rot for decades, then it's really not a problem. Correct. <laughs> right. Enjoy. Enjoy. On that note, everybody, anything else you want to? Be, close with anything else you well need the, you know the men's olympic tournament uh is this week starting uh early thursday mm -hmm. american time and then the ladies tournament is the next week i am yeah. eager to see how the golf course is it is full evidently of all kind of exotic jungle creatures i've read the the same thing which i hope they come to come to play in the middle of the rounds I, I hope it they, would be incredible to see Bubba Watson's golf ball get eaten by some sort of sloth. There's another American that we didn't think of. There you go. So yeah, well, you know, being stuck rooting for him is like being stuck in a sewer pipe full of dead rats. <laughs>
to steal a line from a TV show. I love, <laughs> but uh, I'm not that clever. But <laughs> anyway, the men's tournament first, ladies' tournament second. Uh, it's going to be a lot like Pinehurst was a couple of years ago. So everybody enjoy the Olympics. And then we are going to get amped up for the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. I'm excited as well. And uh, no, Jim, no Jim Furyk. When, when I close here, I'm also going to say that uh, if you are listening to this on uh, this week, the week of August 7th through the 13th, um, Golf Guide is hosting a play day at Yochidihi Golf Club up at the Cash Creek Casino on why don't Sunday. You, why don't you spell that for people? Um, Y-O-C-H, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Y-O-C-H-A-D-E-H-E, Yochidihi. Wow. Um, up at Cash Creek Casino, really cool golf course. Brad Bell designed it in 2008. Managed uh, Maintenance is done by Troon. The course is in immaculate shape, and uh, we're offering everybody a chance to go play it for $45 on Sunday, which forty five dollars on a Sunday is a steal. You want to go play Yochidi any other way on a Saturday or Sunday morning, be prepared to go pay a hundred and nine dollars. And by the way, at a hundred and nine dollars, still a great deal. I mean it's a really, really good golf course. I've heard fabulous things about that golf and, course. And uh so if you are listening to this in the immediate future, um and you have a desire to go play some golf at a really cool course, um it's in the Valley, Cape Valley, closer to Sacramento than it is to the Bay Area, but kind of somewhere in between the two off highway 505 it's just a few more hours that you have to be away from your family you know it's you know, perfect it's really terrible right? yeah perfect so if uh, that's something that interests you i encourage you to go visit golfguide.net um register for the play day at yochidihi if that is the case i will be there I look forward to seeing all of you um and that's all i got well that's enough that's enough it's a nice offer thank you everybody thank you so much for listening on that note We'll be back next week. You're beautiful. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.